I got to make sure everyone's getting in the Christmas spirit around here. You got to get in the Christmas spirit. This is it's a, a wonderful, beautiful time of year to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ, the birth of our Savior, to celebrate love, to celebrate what He's doing. Uh, not only, not only the fact that He was birthed uh, in, in in human form, but the fact that He continually births things within us. Uh, as we end this year going into 2020, I believe that there are some things that God wants to birth within your family, uh, within you individually, and within us collectively as a fellowship. There are, there are new uh, missions, new jobs, new blessings, new encounters, uh, fresh anointing, fresh revelation that he would like to impart with us. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And tie that into Advent. I, I really have enjoyed uh, what we've done the last couple of weeks, uh, continuing on with the Advent tradition. And, and uh, hopefully those of you who, who may be following along and the, uh, the devotional that we uh, encouraged everyone to get, hopefully you're gleaning from that each morning or each day, uh, perhaps as a family. It's, it's, it's some good stuff. It's uh, unwrapping the names of Jesus is the name of the devotional. So, uh, so we... we if, if you haven't gotten it, it's still, it's not, still not too late. You can go online and order it from, from Amazon or from wherever and, and just hop right in with us uh, each day. But the word Advent, as we said last week, comes from a Latin word that means uh, the coming. Uh, the, the coming. And, and so for, for many years, the, the Jews lived with this expectation of the coming of the Messiah, and sometimes they had a preconceived notion of what the Messiah would be like, what he would do, what, what he would encounter, what he would actually Im impose. And then when the Messiah did show up, they didn't even recognize him. Many of them didn't. And, uh, but but uh, that's all right. We, we are blessed because we have. If you're sitting here and, and you're living for the Lord, that at some point or another you recognized him. You said, oh, Jesus is Lord. I need him. I want, him, I want to live my life for him. And uh, so, so he has come, but he is continually, he is continually birthing things in us. So let's talk about that today a little bit. Uh, the word for today was preparation. Last week was hope. The word for today was preparation. We've got to prepare. Why? Because God wants to do some great things with you this coming year. So I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, get ready. You're going to have to get ready. I kind of stole from T.D. Jakes a little bit. That's his thing. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You got to get ready, all right? So there is a way to prepare yourself to get ready to receive what God wants to do. The, the, the word Christ means the anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one, or, or the anointing, the anointed. And, and if you are dead in Christ, if you are hidden in Christ, if, if you are now, those who have been baptized, the Bible says, put on Christ, that means that you have become Christ. You have become the anointed one. That's why they call us Christians, little Christs. Uh, we are the body of Christ. He is the head. We are the body. That means that you are to operate as his ambassador, operate within an anointing, within an unction, within a gifting that he wants to impart in you. So, so if you are going to make way or prepare a place for the anointing to manifest in your life, there's some things that I want to talk about uh, that we can do today. How do we prepare? How do we get ready for whatever it is that God has for us this coming year? So let's hop right into it. I'm going to steal one of the scriptures that I believe Mackenzie read today, and we're going to find it in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, we're going to take a look at it, 
But then we're going to hop back and actually look at it from Isaiah, from the, from the book of Isaiah. There was a lot of things that took place to prepare for the birth of Christ, one of which was the birth of John the Baptist. And that was really important because there was a messianic prophecy that said before the Messiah can come, you've got to have Elijah. Elias or Elijah must first come before the Messiah comes. Well, the prophet Elijah had already come and gone. And here, here you are, you know, years, hundreds and hundreds of years later, the birth of Christ. And Christ actually later said, Elias did come. Elijah did come. And that was John the Baptist. He came with the spirit of Elijah. And, and so... Uh, which, which it's a, an incredible story of the, the story of John the Baptist. But, but one of the ways that he was described in the book of Matthew was pulling from a prophecy that Isaiah gave. And this was the prophecy, Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, talking about John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Now we're going to stop there to go back and look at the full prophecy. But, but just the reference for, for Matthew to refer to this prophecy in Isaiah for the, for the Jews of the time, if they were to read this, they would immediately know the extent of the prophecy. So you could say just this line and the Jews of the time would go, oh, yeah, that prophecy, right? So, so let's go back and take a look at the fullness of that prophecy and why it was so relevant at the time. Isaiah chapter 40, starting with verse 1. Comfort, yes, comfort my people. Isn't this wonderful? We don't have this God that's full of wrath, that's wanting to smite you at any given moment. God's thoughts for you are about comfort. He wants you to be comforted. Sometimes during the holiday season, that's some of the most challenging times that we have during the year. If you've lost a loved one or if you've gone through uh, uh, some kind of cataclysmic situation within your life, you get to the holidays, there's all kind of emotions that can drum up and and. Uh, I'm even going through it a little bit for myself. But there's something that every time I go to the Lord, I encounter this, comfort. So he says, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem. Now, if you go back and look at any of the prophecies, you can actually equate Jerusalem to the modern-day church uh, and apply some of what God was saying to his people back then. The Lord, if you'll listen to the Spirit, he'll give you a, a modern-day uh, interpretation for how to apply this to your life as part of the church. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended. Isn't that a wonderful word today? Some of you guys have been battling some things. It just feels like maybe this last year you've just been at war in certain areas of your life. And yet God's saying, hey, your warfare is ended. Be comforted. That her iniquity is pardoned. Praise God for the blood of Jesus that pardons all of our, washes away all of our iniquity. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Now, this is a bit misleading the way that the English is translated here because it almost makes it sound like God's punished us twice for our sins. You sinned, but boy, I got you two times for it. You got two whoopings for it. And, and that's not what he's talking about at all. What he means by double, the, uh, uh, for, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What that, what that is referring to is, is an old uh, Middle Eastern custom to where if, if uh, so you had a lender that lent you money and, and say you borrowed $50,000 from this lender. Well, they would post outside of your house, they would nail uh, a sign on a sheet of paper that said $50,000. That way when people walked by, they knew that you were on the hook for $50,000. That was the lender's way of trying to make sure you paid that thing back. 
Well, once, once that debt was paid off, whether you paid it off or whether someone else paid it off, once that debt was paid off, they would double the paper over to fold it over, double it, nail it back up there to show this individual has paid their debt or their debt has been paid off. So what Isaiah is prophesying, and when, when they referred to John as, as, as this prophecy, all of a sudden what, what the Lord was trying to do is actually communicate to his people that, hey, your debt's about to be paid off. Why? Because Christ was going to come on the scene as a sacrifice in the shed blood of Jesus. By one man's sin, all have sinned, but why, by one man's sacrifice, all are, all are forgiven the Bible says. So, so what this is talking about is the doubling of the sign, the doubling over this piece of paper that, hey, hey, it's your, your sins have been paid off. Now, let's continue. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Everyone say prepare. Prepare, prepare the way of the Lord. How are we going to do that? We'll get into that here in a second. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked place the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord. Now, once all this preparation has taken place, that you've prepared a place for the anointed one or the anointing to flow into your life, now all of a sudden the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh. All mankind is going to see, see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So let's talk about this really briefly. What are some things that we can do in a practical sense to prepare for the anointing to flow in our life, to prepare for this birthing that God wants to do this coming year in 2020, or possibly even for some of you this very week, whatever God's wanting to do for you. Let's talk about this. The first one, he talks about the high places are going to have to come low. There are some things that have been exalted in your life that have no business being exalted. We have placed some things uh, at such a high level and high priority that really don't amount to anything in the, in the grand scheme of things. We're going to have to take a step back, some of us, and say, you know what? Let me put that back down in its proper place. I, I don't need to put so much stock into this. I'm forsaking a lot of other things in my life. But let's, let's bring back down some things that we've put way too much effort, way too much time, way too much thought, way too much worry, way, way too much energy into. And let's just bring it back down to its rightful place. So that's step one. Step two is this. The low places, the low places have got to get filled in or be brought back up, the Bible says. There are some things that we've neglected that we need to start paying attention to. Maybe it's your time with the Lord. Maybe it's your time with the Word. Maybe it's just your time with your family or your time giving to those around you. Whatever it is. There are some things that need to be brought down in our life. Why? What are we doing? We're trying to prepare. I, I need to get things back in balance in my life. i got to get some things back in order. Let me bring some things down. Let me exalt some things back up. What are we doing? We're, we're making a straight highway for our Lord. We're bringing balance back into our life so that all the clutter isn't going to distract us from what God's trying to do for us. And finally, the crooked places must be made straight. Are there some things in your life that you've gotten a little wonky on? Is that a real word, wonky? You know, just, you know, look at this road. It, it curves this way, that way. Hey, we're going this way now. Oh, no, 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 we're going to go left now. Oh, wait, we got to go back right. Oh, wait, 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 no, straighten up, straighten up. No, back to the left, back to the right. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You ever felt double-minded? 
I think we need to do this. No, we're not going to do that. No, 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 let's do this. Plan A, we need to stick with plan A. No, B, B, plan B. No, go to C, go to C. No, back to A. We just need to take a big, deep breath, step back, and allow the Lord to give us some clarity in our path. Allow him to direct our steps. So we've got some things in our life that are exalted. We need to bring it back down. Some things in our life we've neglected. We need to pick it back up. Some things that are wonky and crooked and straight and this, this, this way, that way, this way, we need, we need to level it back out and straighten it up. What is that doing? It's bringing you back into a place of just being, of just simply being. You don't have to be anything in Christ other than just simply be. And at that place, now, everything is back in order. My thoughts are clear. My head isn't rattled. Now, Lord, what is it that you want to birth in me? Come, Lord Jesus. Have your way in me. Direct my path. I'm not distracted. I'm not freaked out. I'm not in anxiety mode. I'm not worrying. My mind isn't cluttered. Now, what have you done? You've prepared a way for the, the anointing to flow in your life. Is there any anxiety in God? He's God. What would he be anxious about? Is there any panic in God? Any worry? Is there any lack in God? I can't think of anything that he would lack. Is there any limitation in God? And yet you've been seated with God through Christ in heavenly places, the Bible says. In heavenly places, does that mean the sweet by and by? No, 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 no. It means right here in the nasty now and now. Heavenly places, in other words, spiritual places, the places where God is. Sometimes within your own thoughts. The Japanese phrase for thought is, is uh, an old Japanese phrase is kumkuru, which actually means to return to the realm of God. It's kind of interesting. That how do you return to the realm of God? Within your own thoughts. That's usually where he speaks to you, isn't it? Within your thoughts. I've known some people that have heard his voice audibly, and that's wonderful. But for most of us, it's, he talks to us inside our head. So sometimes we've got to return back to that heavenly place and be seated with him. That's a, I like that term, seated, because that's a restful, restful place. If you come over to the Dave Cave, one of the first things I'm going to tell you is, hey, have a seat. Why? Because I don't want you standing around being anxious. I want you to relax. I want you to take a break. Take a load off. That's what it's like to be with, with the Lord. You don't have to have things exalted too high. You don't have to neglect anything. You don't have to be indecisive with things. You can just prepare a place and sit down. And when you sit down, you're ready to sup with them. That's how this season I want to encourage each and every one of us to prepare a place for the Lord. I love what Joshua says. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself. Now, that's another phrase of saying prepare yourself. What does sanctification mean? It's the same thing that we talked about a few weeks ago when I preached about uh, tithing. I'm so glad to see y'all come back after we preached about tithing. That's, that's so wonderful. So, got up and preached about money. I didn't know who was going to be back the next week. But we talked about consecration. Sanctification is, is very similar to consecration. It just means to set something aside for the sake of God. 
when, when you start preparing a way for the Lord to enter into your, your life, to manifest what he wants to manifest, you are setting some things aside in your life to give it to God. And it makes it holy. It, it sanctifies it. It consecrates it. So he's saying, hey, set yourself aside. Get some things ready in your life. Why? Because tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders amongst you. I don't know about you, but how many, how many here need some wonders done in your midst? I do. I need to see God move in some particular ways. However he wants to move, I just need him to move in some ways in my life. So I want to set myself aside. Allow myself to be sanctified, consecrated. Allow some things to come down, some things to come up, some crooked places to be straightened out so that he can do wonders, so that the anointing can be birthed. We, we talked about this several months ago. When the anointing comes, what, what does the anointing do? And, uh, the word anoint actually means fatty, greasy, slippery. The enemy can't get a hold of you. Why? Because you're too anointed. You're too slicked up. You're too oiled up for him to get a hold of you. He can't get a foothold. And so any problem, any situation, you wind up just sliding through with the grace of God. Let's all stand. So today I want to encourage you, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, prepare. Get your mind ready, get your thoughts ready, get your spirits and hearts ready. Why? Because God wants to do some fantastic things in your life this coming year. Does it mean that everything's going to be hunky-dory and you're going to not see any trials or tribulations or any problems or heartaches? Nope. Probably doesn't mean that. Every year has its share of both, good things, bad things. But it sure is a whole lot easier to walk through those things when you got the Lord. And when the anointing is manifesting in your life. Amen? Let's all pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your anointing. Not just the fact that you were born, but the fact that you're still birthing things in our life. Over and over and over. That we continue to grow in you. We continue to prosper in you. We continue to evolve in you. Father, I pray that you encourage us to prepare a way for you this week. Help us to identify the things that we've exalted too high. Help us to recognize the things that we've neglected and we've kept too low. And help us to get on stable ground, stable thoughts, stable decisions. You didn't give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound or stable mind. And we just thank you for it, Lord. Bless each and every one here. If there's someone here who's never given their heart to you, has never asked you to be Lord of their life, I pray that they would do so right now, that you would begin to minister to their hearts. If there's anyone here that needs healing in their body, begin to touch them right now, Lord. Begin to, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, restore them. If there's someone here that needs encouragement, Father, lift them up. Lift up their heads, their eyes, so that they can see your glory. But most of all, let everyone here feel your unconditional love, your unconditional acceptance, and your grace and mercy that endures forever. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. As we sing this last song, I want you just to get lost in worship for a little bit. If you, if you want to come down front and praise them or worship them, you can. If you need someone to pray with you, Grab somebody and say, hey, would you pray for me? You don't have to have the preacher pray for you. Everyone's just as anointed. It's, 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 uh, that's what the body of Christ. If you're a part of the body of Christ, you're anointed.
Don't be afraid to pray for someone. So grab a neighbor, say, hey, let's pray together. I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with that. That's what we're all here for. But most of all, let's take a few last moments and just lift his name up with a revelation song. Amen.